Yeah, that was. Uh, if you guys do not know the story of when I was trying to uh, woo my wife Judy thirty plus years ago to uh, kind of be my girlfriend at the time, I took her out to dinner and. Uh, we, you know, they, they offered, they had this, you know, wings and things like that. And, of course, I got the hottest one because I was trying to impress my lady, right? And then uh, it, it did not end up uh, very well for me. I, I was, uh, I was uh, you, well, when they brought the wings, I should have known something because you had, like, the hot seeds in the batter of the wings and you could see them and everything. And so when I ate it, uh, man, my lips started swelling. I started uh, tearing up, snotting everywhere, that kind of thing, too. It was awesome. And a very good impression for this lady. She still married me, right? So, I mean, I, you know, like, it's not my fault. But, uh, but like, she gave me some chapstick because my lips started burning. They started swelling. And, of course, that made it worse because it sealed everything in. Uh, you know, and so on the way back, so she had to drive because, I, you know, I'd say, yeah, baby, I can't drive. I'm sorry. I just can't. And so I was pouring water. I had my head out the window, pouring water in my mouth and everything like that. Looked like one of those slobbering dogs, you know. They just... It was uh, fantastic, and so when they said this, they kind of sprung it on us. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to end well. So, uh, uh, and then since then, people watch that. They're like, hey, man, you want to do like one of those hot chip challenges? I'm like, no, absolutely not. I've watched a video of my man Jediah. Uh, recently got a little TikTok video, man. It is fantastic. It should go viral, but you suffered greatly for uh, to protect me from that, so I appreciate that, guys, very much. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it was, uh, yeah, very interesting stuff. Like, I've watched this stuff. I'm like, I am not interested. I like my food mild and greasy, period, right? Salty, too, okay? Salty, too. But um, but I'm from the South, man. It was like, yeah, I have buddies of mine that, um, that like, like to buy the atomic whatever. Let's see just how much I can suffer for food. I'm like, dude, food's supposed to be enjoyable, right? I mean, am I right? Hey, just, 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 just wild stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Um, somebody said amen, I think, right? But that's all right. But we are like it. Like there's just a lot of different things. This, this whole idea of being a, a rival and rivals in our, 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 our life here. You know, we're going through the book of James. And the book of James is the oldest new, of the New Testament books. Uh, it's the first letter written to the early church that we have. It's canonized in the scriptures. Uh, it's written by James, who is the brother of Jesus. Most people uh, don't think of that and don't understand. They think it's James the disciple. This is actually James, the brother of Jesus, growing up, didn't know Jesus as Messiah, came to know Jesus as Lord um, after the resurrection, a very powerful testimony to the validity of the resurrection, which is awesome, right? And I love what James says, how he introduces himself, and he's writing to the early church, that he's writing to the church that has been dispersed, persecuted, all kinds of things. And he doesn't call himself, hey, I'm, G- I'm James, you know, I grew up with Jesus, I know a few things about him, hey, you better listen to me. He says, hey, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. And uh, this is an interesting thing, too, that what I am finding more and more is that, and I've always liked the book of James, I always thought it was very powerful, very moving, um, but it's really pointed and really direct and he does not mix words. And you would think he would be a little nicer to the early church because they've been through so much and so much persecution and so many. I mean, they're being hunted and killed. Like, and he's telling them, hey, y'all need to quit being so jacked up. 
Isn't it amazing that he does this? And, and Jesus does this on his very first public ministry sermon, Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't come out, hey, just, hey guys, just want to let you know, God really loves you. And he thinks a lot of you and everything like that. And he wants you to be happy. He's like, uh, quit being jacked up. It's, it's, it's incredible that these two guys, well, Jesus being God, James being uh, a convert to being, a, being a, a follower of Jesus, they both come out swinging. They both come out with guns blazing, man. Like, it's incredible that they do this. And there's something, a pattern. When I look at the scriptures, one of the things I look for is patterns. And when there is a pattern of, guys, we don't have time to waste. Like, uh, the frilly, funny little stuff that we've got to deal with that people are looking for and for comfort. And I want to be fed. And I want to be this. And I want uh, a place where I feel comfortable. And all this guy, you go, look, we're at war. Jesus is, we're going to consider Jesus as probably coming back today when somebody asks me that. When is Jesus coming back? I'm like, today. Today, right? And, and that's the mentality we've got to have. And so these guys are coming out and they're swinging. And they're saying, guys, listen, don't be anxious about anything. You've heard it said, uh, do, do not commit murder. But I tell you, if you have murder or anger in your heart, that's what Jesus said. Those kind of things that... That just continue to go on. And, 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 and what we're finding in the book of James is that James says, hey, don't just be mirrors of, mere hearers of the word, but actual doers of the word. Like this is crucial that he'll you'll say things like, look, you've got to grow from immaturity in, into maturity. And, and you've got to have this idea of, of mercy versus being judgmental or, or having prejudging or prejudice uh, toward people, right? Like you've got to have a, a faith that is followed up by actual works, not just a faith and not just a works that so many people are, are basically falling into those traps. A lot of Christians that become Christians, they go, well, I guess I got to go, uh, go feed the homeless, and I guess I got to go on mission trips, I got to go to this. Listen, it comes out of a love of Jesus and a genuine, heartfelt, absolute, without a doubt, uh, I put my life's weight on this concept that Jesus is Lord, he's risen from the dead, I risk my life for it. Amen? It's important. And then we've got uh, my plan versus God's plan we talked about last week, where so many times we make our plans and things like, don't even ask God about it. Hey, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to think I'm going to do that. I'm gonna think... and, and, and James says, what we should do is say, if the Lord wills, and uh, what we really should do, not to take away from James, but all the scriptures talk about, ask God what he wants us to do, and then we go there, right? Amen? If we let our emotions, if we let our uh, finances or our circumstances or any determine what we're going to do, listen, I'm not saying they, don't, they, don't, they, they can't be an influence. I'm saying, but it's God first using those influences, using those circumstances to guide you in the way. That's the way we've got to be, be thinking about that. Ultimately, what we're going to look at today is, uh, is pride versus humility. And I swear... This is one of the hardest things to deal with. Like, I, I want you to understand all these things we've been talking about. I don't have a firm grasp, grasp on any of it. I am pursuing, pursuing a firm grasp on these things. I don't want anybody in here to think, man, I got this all figured out. In fact, one of the things that we're learning, and, and, I, and I tell people all the time when it comes to teaching, when it comes to uh, teaching the Word of God, I want you to come to me if I teach it wrongly. 
I want you to share with me why I'm teaching wrongly. I had a guy in the first service says, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, I think I, I feel like you may have said something uh, wrong here. I'm like, okay, tell me why. He goes, well, I feel that this and the other. And I'm like, well, what does God say in his word? If you could show me biblically, if you come to me with feelings or thoughts or, man, I'm not sure. I don't feel like I'm probably not going to come back. But if you show me biblically that I was wrong and here's why, I will correct myself the next week. Like, it's important, right? And, and, and I'll do it out of some false sense of hum, humility or, or trying, to, trying to make sure people don't think I'm... Uh, like, listen, I, like what James says in the Word here is, is incredibly uh, powerful. I would rather be embarrassed in front of you guys. And I don't want to be embarrassed in front of you guys, but I would be rather be embarrassed in front of you guys and tell you, hey, I, I, I spoke wrongly last week um, than to be in front of Jesus face to face, trembling in fear, because he said, what were you thinking when you thought that? You knew, you were even confronted about it when it was wrong, and you didn't correct it? Are you kidding me? Right? Amen? This is what Jesus says. We're going to find this out in, in James here. Ultimately, what we experience, though, is is this idea of me versus God. And I think that's the hardest part when we, when we say, oh, I'm not against God. Well, we'll, well, in reality, a lot of times when we let our, our natural selves, don't, when our natural selves don't submit to our supernatural desire for God, that our supernatural the desires that God has for us to, like when we don't submit to those things, it is me versus God. When we say, well, I feel and I want and I desire and I want and I like and I, and I expect, right, and, and I pursue, if we do those kind of things versus say, God, what do you want? What do you like? What do you expect? What do you want me to pursue? Man, it is going to be me versus God because me by myself ain't no good in God's eyes. It's true. My ways are not God's ways. Man's ways, what is, you'll see it all over Scripture. And we start realizing that, man, our thoughts have got to be up here and our, our pursuit has got to be from, from up here. Uh, not what we see, not what we like, what, what we desire. Because you hear even Christians a lot of times, well, you can't help what you, what you, what you, what you like. You can't help uh, who you love. You can't help what you want. You can't help what your natural affinities are. It's only natural. You can't help that. And I've got a scripture that says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I've got scriptures that say, like, like deny yourself. <laughs> and take up a cross daily and follow me, even like from Jesus' own words. And I'm going, man, man, we've got to be thinking in this, but it's going to take Humility, genuine humility to be uh, able to do this. Proverbs 16, 18, even so it talks about, and you'll see it from the Old Testament, you'll see it in the New Testament, but it says pride become, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. See, here's the thing that I've realized that, that when, when I have to check myself before, as the old school rap says, rickety wreck myself, right? If I got to do that, a lot of times I'll find that, that, that God has convicted me of a, of a, of a pride thing, right? Because pride is sneaky. Like, it, like <clears throat> a lot of times you'll see people do things and Christians do things, and they'll put a spiritual spin on anything that they do. But the reality is we don't ask God first naturally. 
Like it takes practice and it takes a will to do that and it takes a, something we've got to do over time a whole bunch. And, and, and if we do, like we'll get more and more in the habit of it, but pride will continue to sneak in. The enemy will continue. The world will tell you, hey, it's a, you got to look out for number one, right? It's a dog-eat-dog world. you got to step on a few people to get to the top. And it's lonely at the top. Here's the deal. In, in God's world, the way he wants things, if it's lonely at the top, you're doing it wrong. Amen. If you got to step on other people to get to where you want, you're doing it wrong. If you got to look out for number one and that number one ain't God, you're doing it wrong. And if it's a dog eat dog world and you're starting to like dog meat, you're really doing it wrong. Like, I got to understand this more and more, man. I know what the world says, and I know what the common conceptions are of what's common sense and what the world has to say. But listen, man, man, everything Jesus commands in Scripture goes against the natural self, what comes naturally to us. This is a big deal. What's natural, guys, is for you and for me without Jesus to go through a destruction that is un- unimaginable in our lives. That's why John 3.16 is so powerful. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and, only, one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus continues and says other things in that passage and around that passage. Things like, I didn't come to condemn the world. And people go, yeah, of course not, because he's Jesus. He came to save us. He goes, no, nah, because the world's condemned already. That's our natural descent. It's not that God sends us to hell. That's where we're going without him. That ain't natural to even desire that. And when we understand that, guys, listen, it's it's beautiful when when we finally get that. And we start submitting ourselves piece by piece by piece to the desires that God has for us. Once we do that, Man, there's no stopping, but it is a lifetime of learning. We will never make it there until we make it there and see him face to face. And that ain't going to be long. I say this a lot, and people are like, why would you say that? I was like, because we're all dead in 100 years. It's a reality from the youngest to the oldest, right? And I pointed myself to the oldest. I ain't pointing out there. But y'all get, right? I'm an old man. It's all right. It's all right. <coughs> James 3. Because pride can mask itself with spirituality, too. People that know a lot, people that seem to have all the right answers, man, but this arrogance will destroy, destroy our walk. James 3, 1 through 18, Not many should become teachers, my brothers, knowing that we will receive stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is able to control his whole body now when we put bits into the mouths of horses and to make them obey us we also guide the whole animal and consider ships though though very large and driven by fierce winds they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs so too though the the tongue is a small part of the body it boasts great things consider how large a forest a, a small fire ignites and the tongue is a fire The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed in the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and it is set on fire 
by hell. Oh, man. We had so many visitors in the first service. I was like, I wish I'd have picked a prettier message. Not really. Because this is uh, one of those things that, man, we start looking at this. We realize that when James is writing to the early church and they had been persecuted, he's like, guys, listen, we got to get this straight. Our pride, our humility, our control of who we are, our control of what we say. Verse 7, every sea creature, reptile, or bird, or animal is tamed and has been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. We praise our Lord and Father with it, and we curse men who are made in God's likeness with it. Praising and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. Who is wise and has understanding among you? He should show his works by good conduct with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy, good fruits without favoritism and hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace and all God's people said, amen. As there are a lot of uh, long-time Christians, decades-on Christians out there that still haven't figured this out. It's a, it's, a, it's a tremendous, tremendous mystery. And once we figure out that this is how we've got to pursue this, this is, it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible thing. We started a uh, class this past week, <coughs> Wednesday night, <coughs> called E3. All right. Got stuff fly. That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to throw stuff back. It's like, but, but you guys know, like, I like, I'll go, squirrel. Huh. No, I'm kidding. It's totally cool. Totally cool. We had, uh, we had a, a little baby in the first service that was straight. And I just like, I love baby amens. It's totally cool, man. Guys, don't worry about it. We're here family. We are to do this. But here's the thing. One of the things that I think, um, and I'm pretty sure, and it confuses a lot of people, is this whole idea of being a peacemaker. If, 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 Paul, or if James writes that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace, and Jesus says something from the Sermon on the Mount, again, his very first public ministry sermon on the Mount, um, he says something, said, said, blessed are the peacemakers. It's in Matthew 5. It's part of the Beatitudes, but these blessed are this, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the pure in heart, let, you know, all those kind of things, right? The meek, the mild, the humble. But he said, blessed are the peacemakers. And this idea of being a peacemaker, I think a lot of times we'll read that and they go, okay, I got to go make sure people get along. I got to make sure. Now, if, if we're a believers and we're part of the body of believers, we're commanded to get along. We're commanded to be one, commanded to be unified, commanded not to war and fight against each other. That's why James is so powerful. Because the stuff that you hear about church splits and the stuff that I get to brag about you guys about, that we love each other and, and dig each other and want to be with each other, that kind of thing too, uh, 
that stuff was was not always the case, and it's not always the case today still. But this idea of being a peacemaker, I think, is 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 confusing, and how we respond to it is is going to be paramount to how we deal with with being this peacemaker. If we're to be peace loving, if we're to be peace pursuing, and this is the one of the things that a humble person does. It's not that we try to pursue peace, it's, try, it's we're trying to pursue humility, and out of that comes somebody who loves peace. Amen? But I think we've got to be careful, not just to be thinking about things on the earth here, but thinking of, of things on the higher realm. Because Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. He's also called in Scripture a prince of peace. Um, there's also scripture where, where Jesus says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But in Matthew 5, he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Five chapters later, he says this. Matthew 10, starting in verse 34, says, don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a da- daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be members of his own household. Wait a second. You just said, Jesus, that blessed are the peacemakers. Then you say, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And then it hits me in Romans where... Paul writes to the church in Rome, to the Christians in Rome, and says, while we were still his enemies, Christ died for us. Meaning we were not at peace with God. The reason Jesus came, one of the reasons Jesus came was to reconcile us to God. Jesus' last word before he died on the cross was tetelestai, which is a term that literally means it is finished, but it is a, a, a term that was used to, to reconcile uh, invoices. They would, literally, like, they would write to tell us die on an invoice that had been paid, meaning Jesus said this has been paid in full, reconciled. The debt has been paid. You are now at peace with God. And this whole idea of being a peacemaker can be misconstrued by saying, well, Uncle Larry's mad and he ain't coming to the family reunion again this year, and so i got to go try to make peace with him because blessed are the peacemakers. Or Aunt Susie ain't going to come because she she's mad at Uncle Larry for what he did and that kind of thing. And, and you know, I know she got a reason, but i go go sit them both down and make sure they all right. Guys, listen, here's, here's the deal. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Guided by the Holy Spirit, yes. But the ultimate peacemaker is one who is at peace with God and helps others to do the same. That's the definition of a peacemaker. Because otherwise, it's a big contradiction, and Jesus is a liar, meaning he can't be God, right? And so you look at that and you go, blessed are the peacemakers. I didn't come to bring peace, but who is he? He goes, families are going to be divided over me. This whole idea of, of being a peacemaker means this is peace with God. Not anybody else. We should pursue, like if we're part of a church family, we should pursue peace with one another. But the reality is that the world is going to hate you and me. Amen? That's the reality. Like people say, 
People, oh, no, that's not true. We should be kind of the, the church. I, I'm not saying we ought to be anti-everybody. I'm just saying, listen, the truth is going to hurt. And one of the things I love about being a preacher is that I didn't come up with any of this, and I'm just the messenger. And if you got a problem with anything I'm saying, uh, as long as it's correct and I'm way I'm preaching and teaching it, um, you might want to talk to Jesus about this because it ain't me. It's not my idea. My personal ideas and my thoughts and my opinions ultimately don't matter. i got to submit those things to the Lord because he's the one that created everything, and he's the one that rose from the dead. i got no chance. Amen. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Last week we talked about Isaiah 66 too, and we'll finish with this. Because I think, I'm pretty sure, based on the scriptures that I'm looking at, that, that we have an opportunity to truly be at peace with God. We also have an opportunity to find favor with God. Like there's one, there's one part of that that says, okay, we don't have to go to hell. Awesome. Beautiful, right? And we get to go to heaven. Awesome and beautiful. And, and, and yet there is a, there's an idea that we can get special favor from God. And he says it in Isaiah the way we can have this favor. And he says in Isaiah 66 too, and this, this is one of those scriptures that 10 years ago just jumped out at me so much. He says, this is a promise. I will, right? My hand made all these things so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will will this is a promise look favorably on this kind of person one who is humble submissive in spirit and trembles at my word we talked about this last week these are three characteristics that it, they that god i hear this all the time a lot of inconsistencies in the bible actually there's not when you look at it from god's perspective man you'll see it consistently across the board it's amazingly Old Testament to New Testament, Genesis to Revelation, saying the same thing about the same God consistently over and over. And it doesn't make sense to us in our, in our natural self, in our flesh, man, but it's, the reality is it's, a, it's incredibly consistent over and over. And it's also very rare for even a lot of Christians to be humble because you don't know it. If you are, if you think you're humble, you're not, right? It's, it's very rare for somebody to be submissive ultimately to God but to other people. To actually consider others as better than yourself. To love others as, as yourself. It's very rare. And it's really rare for people to actually tremble at the word of God recognizing what we're what we have in front of us is the scriptures old testament new testament the spoken word the the holy spirit like it's man it ought to make us make our knees knock a little bit right if we understand what we're looking at if we understand what we have in the presence of and it's really rare for people to do all three and yet that's what god says i will show favor it's a promise and, and we still say, I want God's favor, right? I want God's blessing, woo. Humble ourselves. What does the word say? Humble yourselves. Repent. Turn from your evil ways. I will hear your prayers. And I will hear you, heal your land. Because so much of this that 
that if we draw near to him and he draws near to us, if we actually had this idea of I'm going to submit myself ultimately to God and, and to other people, and God, you just use me. We're all dead in 100 years anyway, and then what, right? Then what? Now, what if we actually thought through this this way and did the things God said I show favor to? This is the kind of person I really dig, right? So here's the challenge for us this week. I want you to take this challenge with you and, and, and take a picture of this. Write this down. Whatever you got to do to remember this. This is, this is something that's going to take a lot of guts, honestly. Because what it does is it puts my judgment, your judgment, not in my own hands or your own hands. My evaluation as a person, not in my own hands, not your evaluation as a person in, in your own hands, but it puts it in the proper place. It puts it in God's hands. And, and we ask God this week to expose whatever crap we got going on that ain't of him. No, it's not exactly what it says on there, but but three areas of your life where you feel and I would say not even what you feel, what you know, what God says. That pride has gotten in the way of what God wants you to do. Write them down and read and pray through James 3. Isaiah 66.2 and James 4.6-8 over each of these areas. I, 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 guys, we've got to do this. I've got to do this. You've got to do this. If we're wanting God's favor, we better do this. Amen? And it's not, it's not a matter of what He's capable of doing. It's a matter of what He said He will do. It's a promise to have His favor. For no other reason than he knows my name and he knows your name. And we get to hear his voice. How beautiful it is to be able to do that. Father, we love you. We're pretty uh, pretty rocked by your word. More than anything else, Lord, we're, we're rocked by you. Um, may you show us what it means. to live the life you want us to live. This is the hardest thing, I think, for a lot of us is like, Lord, what do you want? And yet, you're pretty clear you want humility, submissiveness, and a trembling. Um, may we start there and what that looks like. May we be the kind of people that, that you are able to show favor to. Because if we are, all of it falls into place. The loving of peace, Lord, the the things, and if enough of us in this world do that, and then enough of us in this world like like show others what it means, and enough people start coming to you, all the things we're looking for in this world, the the peace that we're looking for, the it falls into place because of you. Not anything we do, no politics, no voting, no 
protesting, no anything like that, Lord, your Holy Spirit going through and, and, and coming through the entire world, making everything new. We love you, Lord. We trust you with everything, our lives, our future, and our eternity is in your hands. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Everybody on our live stream, if we're able to do that, had some internet issues, said amen, and everybody in here said amen. Amen, amen. Well, we've heard an important message here today. Would you stand with us as we close out our time of worship here, but continue our worship into the week? It's an important message because pride was the very first sin. Satan said, I will be like the Moses.